I'm Michelle Reyes. I'm Holly Houghton. And I'm Noreen Noble. The three of us are certified life coaches and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we love people and want to connect with all women of faith. We decided to bring our coaching knowledge about intentional thought, along with our love and knowledge of Jesus Christ and his teachings, to create a podcast where we can explore how all this can fit together. We hope that with you, we can become more mindful and learn to find joy in any circumstance and ultimately strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ in every thought. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We hope you've had a great week and we're excited that you're here for another episode of the In Every Thought podcast. Today, we thought we would talk about something that's dear to all of our hearts and probably a lot of you who are listening. It's what do we do and what do we think and how do we show up for the people we love when they decide they either no longer want to go to church or are struggling with their testimony. We thought it would be a good topic of conversation today just to talk about maybe ways we can show up more intentional in those relationships and give you some ideas of some things to think and feel and how to show up. So as you know, if you've been listening, I loved Sister Runia's talk from um, the October 2023 General Conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We've referenced it a few times, but one thing she says in here is just, I've thought about it a lot. And the thing that we kind of keep going back to in this podcast is, and the whole reason why we made the podcast is because the the model and how it works with the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it can strengthen our faith. And so the way I like to think about it is the model is just a tool. It's a formula. There's different parts, right? So we have our circumstance that's neutral, factual. We have our, what we make that circumstance mean, which is our thought. Then that thought creates a feeling that feeling fuels our actions and our actions create a result for us in our life. It's this formula. And so we can take a situation such as one of our children, our spouse, someone we love, deciding they are not going to go to church anymore. We can plug that circumstance in. We can see what that feeling, what thoughts creating it. We can see how we're showing up. It's just this beautiful formula and then out spits a result. We can look at that result and just like we've talked about, it gives us that awareness and it helps us see where we do have choice. Because sometimes I still feel like my circumstance dictates the way I feel. So today I wanted to break down a couple of things. First, there's a quote from Sister Runia in her talk. Like I said, I've just been thinking about it and thinking about it. And we're going to plug some of the things she says into the model and show you how we can take something that was taught, put it into the model, and then help us have it create the result that we want. I just wanted to add, I love the way you framed it as a formula because I think the, the human brain, like it, when it has all this information and things are going on and we're experiencing all these things, feeling things showing up in certain, like it feels kind of chaotic and to be able to organize in our minds, like what's happening and to put it in a formula and to see like what's playing out. That's what gives us that sense of being able to move forward in this kind of feeling of unsurety or, you know, just not, not realizing what it is that we're creating. So I love that you referred to it as a formula and I'm excited to talk about this topic. 
Yeah, you're both right. Again, what we teach in this podcast and what we're trying to get uh, you to do and get ourselves to do, honestly, is mostly slow everything down. I know that sometimes something happens to me, whether it be my child refuses to go to church or seminary or whatever. And I, immediately I go through all these different things and I, I have this whole story written out in my head for this future that's like so bleak and sad. And if I can, if I stay there too long, it can actually bring me down and I don't show up the way I want to. But what these tools that we're teaching help slow everything down. Like Holly said, like, just, okay. And then yes, sit in that sadness or sit in that disappointment for a bit, but then make the decision of whether or not that's where you want to stay. And so again, I love Sister Runia's talk too. I gave a whole lesson on it and I basically just reread the talk because it was so, so good. So if you haven't read it, you need to go read it. But um, yeah, so I'm excited to talk more about this too. Okay. So let's go back to Sister Runia's talk here for a minute. So she talks about how she was going through a really rough patch her senior year of high school, and she wasn't making great choices. And she talks about her father who just loved her and used an eye of faith to see that everything would work out. And she said his hopeful approach changed me. She compares her dad to a prophet who is in the Book of Mormon, who's also a father. This father, his name is Lehi, had some children who believed his teachings about the gospel and Jesus Christ and some who didn't. He has this vision where he compares coming to the tree and partaking of the fruit to coming unto Christ. And so Sister Runia says, like Lehi, he knew that you don't chase after your loved ones who feel lost. You stay where you are and call them. You go to the tree, stay at the tree, keep eating the fruit, and with a smile on your face, continue to beckon those you love and show them by example that eating the fruit is a happy thing. And then she goes on to say, this visual image has helped me during low moments when I find myself at the tree, eating the fruit and crying because I'm worried. And really, how helpful is that? Instead, let's choose hope. Hope in our creator and in one another, fueling our ability to be better than we are right now. And when I heard that, it just really just touched my heart because could it be possible to be partaking of the fruit and watching your loved ones not doing that and feel happy. <laughs> it just, it, it felt like a hard thing to be able to know how to do. It felt far away. So as I've thought about this and put some of these things into that formula, into the model, I've gotten a better understanding of how I can do that. And that's what I thought we could talk about today. Just a funny little thing that when I heard that quote, and I'm in no way comparing our loved ones to pets. Because I myself have been the person that had been running away. But our we have two dogs and they are escape artists. As soon as you open that door, they are darting out that door and running down the street. And the first couple of times as I ran after them, they just ran further. It's when I stopped and showed them the treats and said, come here and talk to them in a like nice voice that they actually came back to me. It's a really weird analogy and I'm not saying that we're dogs and stuff, but it just, when you, as you're reading that quote and I've heard that quote many times, that vision came to me like, oh my gosh, it's true. Like sometimes when you run after people, they, they get scared or whatever, you know, or want to run further, but it's that stopping and saying, okay, I have a treat. I'm here. I I'm, I'm loving you. Come back. Sometimes they come back easier than others, you know, but I just thought that that came to my head. So 
maybe that helps people if you're a dog people. I like that a lot because, you know, you, you see this scenario play out or Sister Runia talking about this different way of of seeing life or seeing a circumstance. And you almost wonder like, well, how did that happen? Like the natural tendency is to just go go one way of sadness and despair and defeat and all these things that that is just so natural for us as human beings. And if we want to shift and be more intentional and shift more to this way of thinking where we stay at the tree, we beckon them instead of chase them. (laughs) It's just such a different way of approaching it. And, And how do we do that? We can do that by plugging it into the model and like seeing exactly how it connects. And then all of a sudden it just makes sense a little bit more. So I love it. All right. So I thought we could first start with a model that I share with permission of a woman who I was talking with a couple of weeks ago where her husband left after the first hour of church. So her circumstance was husband went home after the first hour of church. Her thought was my husband should stay for the second hour of church with me. Her feeling was sadness. Her actions were she cried in the bathroom. She felt distracted in class. She thought about all the reasons he should be there with her. She made a mental list of all the ways that she felt disappointed in him. She was not paying attention as much as she wanted to in the lesson. She wasn't making comments or contributing. She wasn't present and she wasn't feeling the spirit. And that's all she sent me. And she said to me, what is my result? I can't see how to feel better because she just was so upset that her husband had left. So going through all those actions, let's pause for a minute. Can you hear maybe what her result could have been? If her husband left after the first hour of church and she thought my husband should stay and she felt sad, And she wasn't paying attention in class and she was making a list of all the things he was doing wrong and she wasn't present and not feeling the spirit. What do you think her result could have been? So her result that she came up with was it was hard for her to enjoy and stay for church. She was there physically, but she wasn't there mentally or emotionally She wanted so much for her husband to be there with him so that he could fill the spirit so that he could work on his testimony and have more faith and learn to love and learn about, you know, all these wonderful things. And yet she wasn't doing that. It's just really interesting because we think, well, okay, my husband or insert my child or my sibling or whoever it happened to be doesn't stay for, you know, all of church. And we feel that sadness and we think they should. But look what, look what came from that. She wasn't even doing and showing up how she wanted to and what she thought her husband should be doing. When our line revealed itself that she wasn't staying for church either, it was just this, the heavens open angels saying kind of moment because it was like, oh, I'm not even doing that. My favorite part of this story, Holly, is what happened when you revealed this to her. So can you tell that part when you told us this story a couple of weeks ago, my favorite part was when you told her what the result was. So, yeah. So when, so when she sent me the model, she sent me her circumstance, her thought, her feeling, her action. And she was like, I can't see it. I can't see what I'm creating. I can't see how there's any other thing. 
how, how should I feel? What should I do? She was kind of in this panic. And so when I said, well, if you're thinking he should stay and yet you're not feeling the spirit and you're not participating in class and you're not being fed, you aren't staying, you aren't present. And she was like, oh my heck, that is the very thing that she was like priding herself. Like she stayed, she's doing it right. She's living the gospel. Like she's doing, you know, whatever. And, and she realized I'm actually not. And so it kind of turns that finger. Like when we're, especially when our models are about what other people should be doing. And we're like, he should be doing this. You should be doing this. It's kind of like, we can turn that finger rather than pointing it at them, turn it to us. Okay. Am I doing that? I need to go first. I need to be doing what I think other people should be doing, right? Because I'm the only one that I can control. So she turned her finger around, pointed at herself and thought, okay, I need to focus on me staying at church. I need to focus on me being present and feeling the spirit and being here and partaking of that. It was, it was awesome. And so I, the next Sunday I sent her a text and I said, how was church today? And she said it was so much better. Anytime she started feeling like he should have been here, she would say, because he left again after the first hour, the circumstance didn't change. But she said, I didn't go to the bathroom and cry. And she said, and I, every time I just redirected my thought in church, just stay, just stay, just stay, be here. And she said it was so much better. And I have used that actually since that, since she did this model, I have been like, okay, Holly, when I'm at church and I'm feeling sad because people aren't where I think they should be. I've gone to this and been like, okay, Holly, be here, be present. I go first. It's really, really helped me. Yeah. That's my favorite part about it. The whole model is having that revelation, having that thing brought to us and then being like, okay, now how am I going to go forward? Because how I was introduced to this thought work and everything like that was almost the same way where I was focused on the behaviors of someone else. Because, you know, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? And then realizing that I also wasn't showing that same love and that same care and that I was demanding that they do. So (laughs) it it was a bitter pill to swallow, but it has made my life so much better. And I think that's, I think we've all had those things. We've, the three of us have all had those revelations, if, if lack of a better word. And it's changed our lives for so much better. And that's the only reason why we are trying to teach it to you guys is so that you too can have your own like revelatory things like, oh, okay, this is how I want to show up. This is how I'm going to control me. I'm not going to let the outside forces dictate how I feel anymore because I can do this. Now, do I still feel sad? Do I still feel disappointed? Yes, I do because I'm a human being and those are human emotions. And I actually think, like I mentioned in a couple podcasts ago, that we're supposed to feel those things. When I feel those things, it's actually a little trigger. I get triggers a bad word. It's actually a little indicator that I should turn to Christ. And it's when I feel those things, it's when I do turn to him and say, okay, I can't do this by myself anymore. Help me get into a better mind frame. Help me get into a better place of love. And actually, Sister Runia had a quote also, because you know how much I love her talk. She talks about a faithful posture. I only bring this up because... I am currently studying how to be a somatic coach, which is how we feel things in our body. And one of the, the practices they talk about is actually getting into a posture, like getting it. How, how does your body look and what gestures are you making with your hands when you feel gratitude? 
when you feel compassion. And I've actually had to like think about it and get into a posture of love sometimes because so-and-so is doing things that are not in line with what I want for them. And it's not even that I wanted them to do what I want. It's just, I do know better. (laughs) I know better. I think this will be good for you, but I have to actually get into a posture of unconditional love. How does my body sit if I just love people for who they are? And if you can actually just think about that for a second, maybe it's not even a posture. Maybe it's just like I, in my mind, I sit up a little bit higher and I feel my heart opening and I can just try to love them. And when you can do that, it's hard to do that when your mind is spinning over all the horrible things that could happen. And that's why I love the thought work because when we can slow it down, like your friend, that was so great that she just reached out to you and was like, this is my model. It's unfinished and help me. I think that's amazing. And then when we can, when we have the the result, then we can sit and be like, okay, really, how do I want to show up? And when you try to feel the way you'd want to feel, you're halfway there. You're already halfway there of like, okay, I want to feel this unconditional love. How am I going to feel that right now? Okay. This is how I'm sitting. This is how I'm doing. But anyway, I love that, Noreen. I think that's such such a valuable addition to thought work. So I'm excited to keep learning about that as well. When I was thinking about uh, what you shared, Holly, about what happened after she realized the result that she was creating for herself, she didn't necessarily decide like how, what she wanted to think about her husband leaving. I heard you say, stay present or stay in church, stay in church. It was like, She wanted to just do this for herself. She was remembering what results she was creating for herself. And so I think that might be really helpful to some people who like they, they do a model, they see what's happening and then they're like, okay, how do I flip this? And, you know, sometimes you can't just flip it completely, but maybe you can shift to like, what result am I wanting in my life? Like, I want to, I want to be present at church. So what do I have to, to remember? and think and believe in order to create that for myself. So I, I really like that because to me, that just feels a little more in real life application of the model. Like instead of like sitting there and like modeling it out and poking holes and all the things like that's when you can just in everyday life, just show up applying some of these principles. Sister Rooney talks about how that we don't chase after our loved ones. We stay where we are, right? We stay present. We've talked about just staying there. We keep eating the fruit with a smile on our face, continue to beckon those you love and show them by example, that eating the fruit is a happy thing. And I've thought about that a lot because I think sometimes it reminds me of this story of, uh, several years ago, we had a really big regional youth activity and the lady that was in charge I mean, that woman had a job, right? With There was a lot of kids. They were trying to have this spiritual experience and the kids weren't settling down and they were talking and they were being rambunctious and she yells into the microphone, everybody be quiet. We're trying to feel the spirit. And it was like, obviously <laughs> did anything but bring the spirit into that building. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of sometimes with me, with my parenting, like, why wouldn't you want to live the gospel? As I'm like over here, sad and mad. And like, it's, it's this beautiful thing that will bring you such happiness. And then they see me like being so sad, you know, like it's just really funny actually. 
So kind of like that, my friend's model, oh, stay at church. It's such a wonderful thing. And while she's having like a terrible time at church, you know, so it's just funny how, how we do that to go back to her talk. So we stay at the tree, we eat and show them that eating the fruit is a happy thing. And then in her next paragraph, she says, when she finds herself at the tree, eating the fruit and crying because she's worried. Like we talked about before, it's just that can, that worry can just be a little alarm. Like, Oh, I'm feeling worried. She said, instead, let's choose hope. So we have that feeling line. Remember? So my friend's model, she had a sad and she said, instead, let's choose hope, hope in our creator and in one another fueling. Remember how we talked about that feeling is a fuel for our actions. So she says, fueling our ability to be better than we are right now. So I thought we could kind of shift into that intentional model. We're not always going to be able to sit down and write out a model. So even just being aware of it, what are we creating? We can do that in real time. But for this right now, I want us to like really sit down and actually write out an intentional model of what it could look like and how it could be possible when a loved one is not maybe partaking of that fruit with us by the tree. How can we shift from sadness, from worry, from disappointment to hope? And what does that change for us? So let's go back to our model. We have the C because remember our circumstance doesn't need to change for us to feel differently. Husband went home after the first hour of church. Now, when we first hear that, it just kind of, we, we automatically assume, well, that's, of course, that's going to bring up feelings like her. It makes sense. She felt that way. Right. So if we want to put hope in our feeling line, what are some thoughts we could think and believe that could encourage that feeling of hope? When you first mentioned the idea of, of bringing, like switching to hope, choosing hope, I just thought it, it just felt like I wanted to scream from the rooftops. Like the reason why we can choose hope is because of Jesus Christ. And it just gave me that added, like just gratitude for the fact that we can combine thought work with faith in Jesus Christ and how it's because of him, it's because of the plan that he has for us, because of his grace, because of his atonement, because of who he is and what he's done and what he makes possible. Like he is the reason it's because of him that we can choose hope. And, and I think, you know, again, if we're, we're really writing this out and modeling it, like hope comes from a thought, right? So maybe that hope is connected to a thought of like, I'm going to trust in, in God, or I'm going to trust in his timing, or I'm going to trust, I'm going to, I'm going to step back and I'm going to, I'm going to not be so myopic. I'm not going to like, just see them just this single moment. Cause like we've said, like models are just snapshots, right? It's, it's just a moment in time. And because of, you know, the, the plan that God has for us and the, 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 time that he's granted unto us, like there's still time for progression and change and improvement. And so if we can pull back a little bit, see a, see a larger view and remember who Christ is and what he offers, we can choose hope 
in that moment. Yeah, I, I think sometimes, though, it's very hard for us to go from one thought to immediately a, a hope thought, right? And so, and, you know, also it feels disingenuous to be like, one day be like, I think he should go. And then be like, it's fine that he doesn't go because God has him in the same. It's just hard. And so I know that we teach that you should only have one thought in the thought line. And I think that's true when you're like diagnosing and figuring yourself out. But when you're trying to make an intentional model, meaning intentional, meaning we're purposely going to use our agency to think this so that we can show up differently. I think it's okay to be like, okay, circumstance, my husband left after the first hour of church. My thought he should be here. And I know that it's in God's hands. Feels a little bit lighter to me than just, I think he should be here. You know, you know, adding the, the hope. And I say, do that until you can fully just say, my husband left after a second hour. It's in God's hands, right? You use that and until you can actually feel that and, and really believe that we call that a bridge thought. So it's giving you something of what's your current, but also giving you a little bit of the hope, putting together, seeing how that plays out until you can really say, you know what? He left after the first hour and God has him, you know, that's, that's it. So that's how I find bringing hope into the model is sometimes it doesn't feel genuine yet, but I use it to attach it to what I'm currently thinking to give me a little bit of hope until I have a lot of bit of hope. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot because if we can't believe the new thought, like it's not like it doesn't even go anywhere or do anything. So to be able to find something that's believable for us and to allow, I think to me, when you said it that way, it was like allowing, allowing room for you to feel what you're feeling and then attach, a, attach the the hope to it to just get you through that kind of difficult thing as you're still processing it, still figuring it out, still deciding how you want to show up all the things. So I love that so much. I think it could be helpful to even be like, we asked that question, like, what does love look like here? What does hope look like? And so if I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking he should be here, he should be here. And, and I can't get to, Oh, everything's going to be great. It's I bringing it back to, if I did feel hope, what might that change? What would it look like to even feel hope? What does love look like? What's my part? What's God's part? Just even if I can't quite get there, I think just bringing in some of those questions and reflecting again, what do I have control over? Like this is in God's hands and what can I do? What can I feel right now? That's in my control. I think helps wiggle that loose for me as well. Okay. So to help you maybe find some new thoughts that might help you and serve you, let's go back to a quote that sister Runya shared where it talks about how it's the savior's work, not, it's not all upon us to make sure that our loved ones may make it successfully through this life or, you know, make it back to him. Like it's, it's his work. So let me read what she says here. It's the savior's work to bring our loved ones back. It's his work and his timing. It's our work to provide the hope and a heart they can come home to. We have neither God's authority to condemn nor his power to redeem, but we have been authorized to exercise his love. 
President Nelson also taught that others need our love more than our judgment. They need to experience the pure love of Jesus Christ reflected in our words and our actions. And I know all of that is so much easier said than done, but I hope that we can let that kind of settle into our minds and our hearts that number one, it's, it's going to be such a better result if we approach it from, from what this, this quote is encouraging us to do to like, our job is to love our job is to provide a place that they want to come back to. And guess what? The best part is we have a better experience through it rather than just living in that fear, overwhelm, desperation, anxiety, all of those feelings that just are, they don't feel as good as hope or love, you know, these things that will serve us so much better. So it's, it's our work to do. Yeah. I really like that because it is, it is our work to do. We are in control of ourselves. We have responsibility to others. And before we talk about our intentional model, I just want to give a little disclaimer here just to help clarify. We are not saying that you shouldn't have any expectations for your kids. This situation, this circumstance is with a husband, or if you have adult children, they're adults. They get to do whatever they want. And when we have children living in our home, we might have different expectations that you might feel as your job as a parent that you do want them to be in church. And if they're not there, then you have a consequence that you can give them. And we're not saying don't have a consequence, just feel happy and hopeful and just everything will work out. But what we're trying to offer you is if they choose to not keep a family agreement, you can give them a consequence and it can be from hope. It can be from love and not like anger doesn't have to be there and it's okay if it is right now, but as you run these models and you become this awareness, you can hold those expectations in your family. You can hold your children accountable through love because I think that's what the Lord does. So anyway, we're, we're not saying throw everything out, out the window. We're just saying, look at the feeling it's being fueled from. Okay. So let's move into our intentional model. So we're going to keep our circumstance the same. Husband went home after the first hour of church. Now we've given you lots of different thoughts from Sister Runia's talk. You might have even had your own come into your, your, your mind. So we just picked one. So the thought we chose was, I wish he was here and I have trust in God and him. Because like Noreen said, maybe you, you do still wish he was there and I can trust in God and his timing. And I can trust in my husband that he's going to figure this out. And the Lord's got him. And that thought can create a feeling of hope. And when I have that feeling of hope, I can feel my faith increase. I pray for them. I stay present at church. I can feel the spirit. And my result is that I can trust that everything will be okay. It's just this powerful thing that our circumstance didn't have to change for us to have a completely different experience and to do what sister Runia shows us as a possibility that we can stay at the tree and show love and be an example that eating the fruit can be a happy thing. That was so beautifully put together. It, it just, as you were sharing it and, and going through the model, like it just felt so much more peaceful 
the result was so beautiful. And so that was so lovely to, to listen to and, and see it all play out. All right. Well, we hope you found this helpful. And the next time you find yourself in church, wishing someone you love was there, acknowledge the sadness, honor that sadness. And then hopefully one of these thoughts can help you feel some hope and trust in our savior, Jesus Christ, and bring you more peace in your life. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for joining us in this podcast. As a reminder, we would love it if you would leave us a review. It really helps us get the word out more and have more people find us. You can also find us on Instagram at ineverythoughtpodcast. And when you check out our content there, you can also sign up for a free mini session with one of us. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.